Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And our special topic today is corporations taking side on the abortion front. Recently, there was uh, about 180 CEOs who had put an ad in the New York Times promoting abortion. And so what we're going to do today is talk to Liberty McCarter, a freelance writer out of Texas, who wrote a really good article called Women with Kids Are Bad for Business. That's the message from pro-choice CEOs. Liberty, thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting. I was just thinking the other day um, when this first came out that, you know, it wasn't long ago. I looked on the time. So it was back in 2011 that we had, you know, the big uh, Wall Street sit-ins. You know, big business was terrible. And now the left mm-hmm. seems to embrace big business because they are supporting abortion. Yeah, it's very much um, just a politically correct move right now. And I, I saw another report um, from a, another journalist after this letter was signed revealing that many of these businesses that are now getting all the support from the pro-abortion community, they actually do business in countries um, that are, you know, have actual discrimination against women where, you know, women aren't allowed to drive or go anywhere by themselves or abortion is completely banned. And so they're very inconsistent. They're just trying to win popular points. Um, and unfortunately, because abortion is uh, such a controversial issue right now, it's, it's working um, for a lot of the people on the liberal side. Yeah, I had heard something similar to that. Uh, it was actually with Disney because, you know, although Disney didn't sign this letter, the CEO of Disney had come on and done an interview and talked about, you know, I don't think it'd be possible to work in Georgia. But then somebody brought up that he shot a movie in China. I mean, talk talk right. about, uh, you know, talking out of both sides of your mouth. I mean, it's just insanity in terms of how they rationalize uh, working with the Chinese who have a one-child policy, now two, but you still have to petition to get two children, versus uh, a state in the United States. It's, it's really, it's, it's almost like, you know, the world is turned upside down. It's, it's weird how we've, we've gotten to this point where CEOs now think they can dictate morality. It's true, and it's very hypocritical because, again, um, they're just doing this because they're trying to get in with the correct, crowd of what's culturally popular at this moment, but you can tell that they really don't care about women's empowerment um, because, like you said, they're doing business in places like China where um, girls and women are notoriously abused over there. And um, you can, as we're going to get into here and what I wrote about in the article is that when you really get down into the nitty gritty of the message that they're sending and you know, kind of the culture a lot of pregnant women and mothers face is that they are not supported in business. And the same people who will, you know, go and do interviews and say, yes, we support abortion and women's empowerment and all of this. At the same time, they're not actually supportive of families, including women and pregnant mothers who choose to have their children when it comes down to their employees. And it's very hypocritical. Yeah, I mean, it actually makes no sense to me because you're you're really eliminating potential uh, customers. I mean, you're, you're eliminating lives who could potentially be buying your product down the road, but it's like, for some reason, they can't see the forest from the trees. Yeah, I mean, we're actually having a fertility crisis 
um, in a lot of developed countries, including the United States right now, in, for all the talk of overpopulation, um, fertility is at an all-time low. And, you know, one of the things um, that I mentioned in the article is that American women, for the first time, um, and millennials, my generation, will be having fewer children than they would ideally like to have. And so you can talk about abortion and all these CEOs and Hollywood actors and actresses and Democratic politicians are all on the abortion train. But when you just pull regular women, um, you realize that they're not having as many kids as they would like to have. And, and Americans are a lot more pro-family and pro-life than you would think looking at all what's popular in the media right now. Yeah, I mean, and there's study after study that shows, you know, anywhere from 60 to, percent, 60 to 70 percent of people really think there should be no such thing as late-term abortion. Yet we have CEOs, and you mentioned politicians, that have gone beyond late-term abortions. You know, now we're in the conversation of infanticide when we're talking with some about mm-hmm. some of the politicians. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous how, uh, you know, they're morally bankrupt when they're talking about the gift of life. Yeah, it's just, it's so hard to fathom because I think, again, when it comes down to just the average American, the average person, um, you know, when when you get pregnant, you realize that's a baby instantly. You don't talk about um, your fetus or you don't talk about, you know, in terms of, well, you know, we're, it, if it doesn't work out, then we'll just get rid of it after it's born. I mean, nobody actually thinks like that in real life. And so the, the fact that we're allowing this rhetoric to go unchecked and then praising these people for saying that, oh, they're, you know, progressive and they're supporting women. Um, I just, it's hard to understand. It's hard to even talk about because it just, it makes no sense at all. It's so arbitrary. And it's, it's really scary that we're getting to the point where somebody can say, you know, a governor can say, uh, you know, a comment basically defending infanticide or getting a late term abortion as in when the birth is actually happening and then keep his job and people are just okay with that. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you mentioned progressive, you know, the word that comes to my mind is barbaric. I mean, people are going to, you know, we're, we're so good at this time to look back in history and pick apart people for their thoughts and, and the things that they did. They have no perspective that, you know what, in 50 or 100 years, people are going to look back and they said, they did what to unborn children? They, they proposed right. what states agreed to dismember or partial birth abort babies? I mean, they're going to think... We were Neanderthals. Exactly. I mean, you look at a lot of these states um, that do have Republican governors and legislatures, like Georgia and Alabama are two recent ones that have passed very strong pro-life laws. And I believe I was reading it was in the Alabama law um, that the lawmakers wrote in there. They just cited all this scientific research of the past decade that has come out just saying, you know, this is when we know that babies can feel pain. This is when we can detect their heartbeat. You know, we're beginning, that's truly progressive. As the science is progressing, and we're learning more and more about the unborn child and what happens at conception and throughout pregnancy. And from a scientific standpoint, it's becoming impossible to defend abortion seriously. And that's why you don't really see a lot of scientific defenses of abortion because they're just not there. Um, it is barbaric. If you look at it from a scientific perspective, there's no doubt that that is a, a life and it's a human life. It can't be anything else. 
Well, I mean, we have logic on our side. We have science on our side. We have medicine on our side. And oh, by the way, we have faith on our side. I mean, they have nothing on their side other than they just want to pretend that it's a woman's choice to kill her child. So really, the the woman becomes the executioner or hires the executioner in the doctor in order to to kill a life that's so precious. And you mentioned before, and I thought it was, uh, I, I appreciate you mentioned in the article, how many women wish they could have more children or even have children at all. Those that, you know, are really struggling, wishing uh, they could have a mm-hmm. child, but they struggle with a fertility issue. Right. I mean, that's, um, you know, so many women, I, I think, um, more than we realize are struggling with infertility. And so on the one hand, you have some of these women are willing to pay thousands of dollars for all these kinds of treatments just so that they can have a child. And, um, you know, there's millions of couples in the United States alone waiting to adopt uh, because they they want a child so bad. And that desire for a family is natural. And it's something that if you just ask the average American, you know, that they want that. Um, and then what is this movement? I mean, they say it's about, you know, liberating women and it's about feminism. And that really bothers me um, to try to, you know, spin it that way because it's disrespectful, like you said, to the women and the families that are trying to have children and they can't. But it really is not good for women either. And that's what I just wish a lot of women would understand. And I feel like a lot of these people, they don't think, you know, the CEOs or the politicians or, you know, Democratic men or, or women who think, oh, well, this is the feminist cause. I've got to get behind it if, if I want to support women. And they're not really thinking through abortion harms women. Um, it's, it's not feminist at all, the fact that to say, if you want to be successful, if you want to make it and be respected in America, you're going to have to deny your biology and you're going to have to kill, um, the, you know, any life that results from your actions. That How is that good for women at all? How is that supportive of who we are? It's not. And I think if more people really looked at the issue that way, they would realize that abortion is, is bad for everybody. It's not progressive. It's not feminist. It's, it's not helpful. Right. Well, one, it's murder. But two, you know, we have Planned Parenthood has said, you know, abortion is, you know, is family planning. Well, really it is. It's an attack on the family mm-hmm. because, as you mentioned, it's terrible for the mother, uh, both physically mm-hmm. and mentally. And, you know, who would impose that on anybody? I mean, that's, again, it's, it's so out of the realm of what makes sense. But we have, you know, we have here 180 uh, CEOs who have commented on this. I was watching, uh, and I appreciate you sending me the link, you know, uh, Senator Tom Cotton was speaking, and he said, you know, 75% mm-hmm. of these CEOs were on, on either coast. You know, between New York and California, there were a bunch that were foreign CEOs. You know, were you able to, I mean, and, you know, you had actually, in the article, so I, I looked and saw some of the companies. So we have Bloomberg, Yelp, Ben & Jerry's, Atlantic Records, mm-hmm. Tinder, Twitter, you know, just to name a, many I had never heard of before. But these are, these are people trying to impose an ideology that's bad for everybody, and they don't even seem to care. Right. Um, I mean, <laughs> It's so true, um, and a lot of, like, I know one, for example, off the top of my head, because I, I've seen this, you know, they're saying in their letter, 
um, like that they want to hire more women and, you know, they want to have more diverse workspaces and help everybody in their company succeed. And they can't do that without abortion. And then one of the companies I know that signed it and pizza, it's a DC based, I believe, um, pizza company. Yeah. Actually Tom Cotton spoke about that in his remarks. Yeah. They don't have uh, maternity leave at all. And so, that basically, if you read between the lines there, which, I mean, you don't really have to try that hard, they're saying, um, if you want to make it here and you're a woman and you get pregnant, uh, we have to have abortion legal because that's the only way you're going to make it. And they're actually, I linked this in my article um, from the New York Times, which is ironic because it's the one that ran this open letter right, right. from the pro-choice CEOs. But last year, they ran a very big article um, delving into pregnancy discrimination lawsuits, which, according to their reporting, are at an all-time high. And there, I think it was um, for a pharmaceutical company, um, there was actually one woman in the story um, who her boss told her, like, it would be better if you got an abortion if you want to continue moving up in the company here. Like, that's what abortion's for, but you chose to have the baby and you have... Uh, they called the baby the difficult situation at home, and so they let her go. And that's the kind of, um, if you want to talk about what real women, you know, not on the coast, but just like in everyday America are dealing with, that's the kind of culture they're dealing with. And then you have all these CEOs being like, oh, we're pro-women, but we can't hire you unless there's abortion in our state. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're pro-women, but we, wanted, we want women to be more like men. Right. We can't have kids that, you know, we can just work you and work you and work you. And uh, I mean, how is that pro women to not be a woman? And it's hard to believe people don't get it. Yeah, I think, you know, it's really there's a lot of problems causing this. For one, I think back when there really were problems for women in the United States, because right now, you know, it's just it's not really fair to say that, um, you know, we have we face discrimination here with everything going on with women around the world. But right, right. Back when women were, you know, really fighting for their rights here, I think, um, especially in the second wave of feminism and everything, it became, you know, so much about just proving that we were just like men so that we could have the exact same chances. And that was really the wrong message because women and men are not alike. Women need to be valued equally, but valued as a woman. So not saying, oh, you know, will value you, but you take this pill so that you don't have to worry about getting pregnant because that's a part of you that we can't accept. Or if you do get pregnant, have an abortion because pregnancy is a part of you that like we can't deal with if you're going to be out in society. That's not equality. That's not valuing you, you know, equally for who you are. Um, and I think, you know, this kind of culture of wanting to be just like men because men can be more dedicated to work. I think that's a problem, too, because we also have all these studies showing just how important fathers are in their children's lives. So if we have this kind of society where one parent or the other is going to have to be, um, as Senator Cotton said earlier today, like constantly on the clock, that's not benefiting the family. And I think the real underlying issue here is our society does just not value the family. We worship work. And whether you're a man or a woman, you know, it's better if you're a man because you don't have to deal with all that fertility stuff, you know, but either way, 
you're going to have to just like ignore your family and be devoted to your work. And if you can't do that, then uh, you can't succeed here. And that's the emphasis that we're placing on um, in America is just it really comes down to we don't value the family. Well, and you you were touching on it, right? I mean, men and women are complementary. They're not they're not meant to be the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we each bring things to the marriage and to raising our children that that they both need. And so, you know, we have we live in a world where fertility is natural, but we treat it like a disease. We live in a world that mm-hmm. you know having a child is natural and we treat it like a tumor that needs to be cut out. And that's not everybody, but way too many people, politicians, uh, and now we see CEOs lining up, you know, think all these things are bad when without them, our civilization would cease to exist. Right. I mean, you know, the thing about, and I, I, I'm a woman, I'm a mom. I've, I know it's hard to, um, you know, go through pregnancy and, and everything. And, you know, being a mother is not easy, but at the same time, it's such a wonderful gift. And I'm not saying that every woman has to be a mother or that you're only valuable, valuable if you're a mother, not at all. But the fact that, you know, we are uniquely capable of doing this, this is what allows the human race to continue. Without this, we would literally die off. And because... Um, you know, again, it came from uh, an article in the New York Times, but I cited it in the in my article here. Um, it was a quote, I think, saying we're figuring out how to, you know, stop having children quicker than we can actually figure out how to help people have more. And our fertility is dying off. You know, societies are dying off because we don't value this wonderful thing that humans and women specifically are created to do which is bring life into the world, and that should be valued. Um, it shouldn't be something that excludes women from other parts of society, like the workforce, um, and it shouldn't be something that we have to get rid of in ourselves in order to be valued. Um, because, like you said, it's, it's complementary, and, and it's a great thing. And by the way, we're really glad that you guys have the children. I, I've been in the delivery room way a lot of times and have never felt, wow, I'm, I'm missing out on something here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think women, a lot of times just, you know, uh, men as well, um, and not you, obviously you <laughs> acknowledge what goes on, but you know, this kind of liberal mentality of how child having children is bad and fertility is bad. It's like, you're really just dismissing a lot of the strength and power that women have. Um, you know, and, and that's not, again, that's not valuing women. That's just trying to make them just like men. And when you do that, you ignore a lot of what makes us unique and special and strong. Well, and you know, you're, we're all looking for that happiness and joy, and we're not going to find it, you know, running away from the Lord and killing life. But, you know, as a mom yourself, I mean, and I know plenty of moms, uh, my wife and, you know, way more, that, you know, the first time your child says, I love you or gives you a hug, I mean, you can't put a price on that. I mean, if you want to feel valued, think about mm-hmm. the value, and you, you would know as much as anybody, the value you feel when your child is snuggled in your arms and you're just watching TV and they sleep. And I mean, just it's such a gift, isn't it? It is. And that's why we really have to value the family as a society, because that is the most important thing um, is just investing in people and our children 
you know, our, our people that the Lord has given to us to raise and to mold and to love and cherish and raise them to be, you know, good human beings um, in the world and for society. And nothing is more fulfilling than investing in human beings and especially in the human beings in your own family that you've been given to raise. And that's just, you can't put a price tag on that. And people want, you know, everything, every job, every task you do these days, it's like, it's not really valued unless there's a literal price tag on it, unless you can make money by doing that. But these are the things that are, you know, of eternal value, and um, they are much more fulfilling than any career could be for a man or a woman. Well, and here's the bottom line, right? If there wasn't money in abortion, nobody would do it, right? There would be no Planned Parenthood. There'd be no ways for them to fund politicians. So really, they're following the dollar. This isn't this isn't really like an ideology. It's it's all about filthy money, which is which makes it even worse. I do have a question. So. What has been the reaction to your article? Because it is a it is a really good eye opener for people to see what business does. Have you heard gotten any feedback? Um, most of the feedback has been positive. Um, I, you know, I think people are kind of saying like, you know, that's a really good way to put it because you know, obviously, the main point here, as you said earlier, is abortion is murder. It kills a human life, and we. Um, have to fight that we have to defend those unborn babies but at the same time i think a lot of people don't really think about kind of you know the aspect from a women's empowerment perspective and how this kind of message really does devalue women and it really does tell women like you know we're pretending that we want to include you and value you but only if you make yourself like a man and only if you cut off this literally cut off this part of you and, um, and I think, you know, people are, more and more people are seeing that, especially on the pro-life side, which I think, in addition to just the morality and the science, um, that, you know, having this perspective and angle also makes the arguments more powerful, because when people realize this, then that it's not, you know, you can't even say, oh, well, what about the woman and valuing her? This is valuing her. Being pro-life does value the woman more than anything else. And so it really is about the money, like you said, because um, if people were honest, then they would not support abortion, like you said. But it's just, um, you know, these companies and uh, people like Planned Parenthood and politicians who benefit from them, you know, they're all just chasing that dollar and not really valuing anybody. So, you know, we went through some of the companies that were on the list. You know, others, you know, we mentioned Disney. Netflix was another one where the CEO came out, you know, before this uh, ad came out in the New York Times. Mm -hmm. What would you suggest people do to let these CEOs know that they're on the wrong side of history? Well, I mean, I guess just be vocal about it because um, I think you mentioned earlier the majority of the people don't support abortion, especially not late-term abortion, and the, you know, ex- extreme views pushed on us by, you know, so many of the Democratic um, politicians and and popular voices in the media. Um, and to say, you know, you think that you're taking the popular stance right now, but actually a lot of us are not happy with this, and, you know, we're, you're going to lose our business if you do that. And I think, you know, for you had these like, I think it was in Georgia because Hollywood does a lot of work there. Right. You have, um, you know, they're starting to pass pro-life laws and a lot of big, first a few months ago, you had all the actors and actresses that signed this letter saying, we're not going to work 
in Georgia anymore. And, and I think that kind of signaled to a lot of businesses and companies that like, again, it's about the money. Oh man, you know, we might lose business because this is what people are doing now. They're going to be boycotting, um, states where, uh, they're pro-life laws. So we better jump on the bandwagon so that they don't pass any more laws and we don't lose any business. And if, other people, pro-life people, stand up and say, hey, guess what? The rest of us exist. We value life. We don't appreciate that. Then maybe they'll change their tune and realize that there's more than one audience that they have to cater to here. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, I would tell people, hey, stop wa- stop buying Disney movies. Get rid of your next Netflix account. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know, let them realize, one, <laughs> that they don't even know what they're talking about. But two, when you hurt them in the pocketbook, it makes a huge difference. Um, we're down to really less than two minutes, which is shocking. I can't believe it's gone this fast. Uh, how can people follow uh, the articles you write? Do you have a, a web page? How can people follow what you're doing? Yeah, my um, website is just libertymccarter.com. My last name is M-C-A-R-T-O-R. Uh, I post all my articles there. I'm also on Twitter at Liberty McCarter. Uh, so you can follow my writings there. And and this article we're talking about was on, uh, it's called The Stream? Yes, stream.org. That's actually where most of my writings appear. Um, and so it's a great uh, website, too, with a lot of big pro-life emphasis also. So definitely check out The Stream. Yeah, and I have looked at some of your other articles. There is that theme, which, you know, we can't have enough people defending life. I mean, we have way too many people who don't know what they're talking about trying to trying to eradicate life when they came into this world the same way all of us did. They seem to have forgotten that. Yes. Uh, it's easy to talk about um, being pro-choice when you already exist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's really no threat there, but it, it does take, you know, courage to write articles like you did to call out these CEOs you know, like we were talking about earlier, stop stop buying their products. I mean, let them know that we're not gonna we're not gonna tolerate this. And you know, that's the only way to change minds and and through education, right? Let people know. You mentioned science and all that thing to let you know understand the gift of life, understand the medical piece of it, so we can articulate to people that that life is precious. And Liberty, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. Thank you for listening today. If you like these shows that we produce, go to respectliferadio.com. There we have all the podcasts from all the shows that you've listened to. We appreciate Liberty coming on today, and we look to have more guests that can talk about these critical life issues so that we can not only educate, but inform. 